104.5 The Zone. In Nashville, Tennessee, pal, I'm the man. This is Squared Circle Radio. Welcome to the Kevin Owens Show. The latest news and commentary on the world of professional wrestling. They make sure you ain't booty. And now, Squared Circle Radio. The face that runs the place. With your main eventers, Jason Martin, David Reed, and Brandon Haggerty. Good Sunday morning to you. Welcome in. Squared Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. David Reed, Brandon Hagney, Jason Martin. Trifecta. We're actually all here. That's a thing that's happening. SummerSlam's a thing that's happening tonight. NXT TakeOver Toronto is a thing that happened last night. The G1 has been happening all weekend. It has been quite a last couple of hours, last couple of days in pro wrestling. This is one of the biggest days of the year either the second or the third biggest day on the WWE calendar, depending upon your view of the Royal Rumble. Either way, it's huge. It's in Toronto. It's We haven't seen a pay-per-view of this magnitude in Canada in a while. There's a lot of stars. There are matches in terms of a card that seems to be on paper a good show in the making and a long show in the making as well probably seven hours or a little bit longer this is actually the pregame show right here yeah it's actually rolling right now tony niece or somebody's about to hit the ring right now as soon as we go off the air you can just go to the wwe network and you can throw it on you're probably going to get a lucha house party match you know what i can't do anymore since they've uh updated the network and everything i can no longer um cast it to my vizio smart cast television that's a little bit annoying Last why, night was actually not? my first experience it with did. the new uh, updated format, updated layout with the mm-hmm. WWE Network. I clicked it on, and first off, I had to sign in. Yeah. I'm like, why yeah. do I have to sign in? <laughs> yeah, I've had that problem and, on and, every and, device. And then it pops up this new, like, fancy, smooth layout, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. For whatever reason, there's not the, the option to hmm. cast it to my television anymore. That's interesting. Not a great change. No, not a great change. So I just finished watching TakeOver legitimately 20 seconds before the show started. Like I saw the end of the main event. Um, I was in here spoiling it for you the whole time. It was fine. (laughs) I was trying my best after finishing up on Fox to try and get through the show. And I was sort of in and out. If I had to be honest, like I saw everything generally, but... It was not the best takeover. I'm pretty sure I can say that and feel confident in it. No, it wasn't. The tag match was good. I've seen better tag matches in NXT than that one, but I enjoyed that tag match. I thought that tag match was really good. I, I do love that it's it's almost a given at this point that every takeover is going to start with a tag team championship match, and that match is going to bring the house down. Yeah. Like I, yes, this this match was not pro- probably not as good as like a DIY revival match or or, or like or even American the Oni Lorcan or, or yeah. even that that stuff they were doing. I get that, but that a lot of that probably has to do with the the relative greenness of the street profits. I agree with that. Uh, even though I think Montez Ford is an absolute superstar, I think he could be. I I, I said this on Twitter last night. Just him and Velveteen Dream to me just make the typical stuff look spectacular. Like Velveteen Dream can do a flying axe handle off of the top rope, which is one of the most basic moves you can do. 
and make it look tremendous. And I thought a couple of times last night, Montez Ford did something similar to that. Montez Ford, you know, we can joke about Angelo Dawkins, but the Street Profits as a team, you know, Montez Ford is like a tiger being held by a toe, by the toe on that, in that tag team. Let's be honest. Yeah. I'm glad that Angelo Dawkins has found something because he's been there a very long time. He's been put in a lot of different things. I think he was like a, he was basically looked like a Ninja Turtle. He wore a backpack and some glasses a few years ago. Like this dude has been through so many iterations of gimmicks down in NXT, just trying to find something that works. The Street Profits do work, but it works because of Montez Ford. It was fine. I mean, he's fine. Montez Ford, I enjoyed the frog splash he hit late in the match. It looked very oh, that, good. The hit finish. first drop the kick. Finish. Yeah, the first drop kick he hit, I thought looked very good. He, and you could tell this even on Raw if you had never watched them in NXT, he's got a ton of charisma as it relates to. I kind of have enjoyed the Street Profit stuff on Raw. I know some people have not, but I, I enjoy it, but mainly just because. Montez is ridiculously over the top in a way that I have not seen it. I'm not going to invoke this name, but he reminds me in terms of this charisma that leaps off the screen of somebody else that he was imitating last night at one point, not to that degree. And he didn't actually finish that people's elbow, right? But there's something a rock bottom. Yes. There is something rockish about the way in which he speaks and the way in which he interacts with other people. I'm not saying he's ever getting to that level. I'm just suggesting that he's somebody that there's definitely some untapped talent there. If they don't ruin it, that they could do something pretty special with as he gets better and gets more seasoned and more time. And I'm glad that they retained because, you know, when they started just popping up randomly on raw, and, like, there's nothing stopping them from continuing what they've been doing on Raw from week to week. I'm just glad that this, them retaining last night, means that we're not getting a full-on call-up. Because that NXT tag division, when we just saw the War Raiders give up the championships without ever losing them because they were sort of shotgun called up, we didn't need that to happen to the very next NXT tag team champion. Yeah. My, my only problem with it starting the, the night was you knew immediately that Undisputed Era was not leaving there with all the gold. Yeah. Like okay. that kind of spoiled the night for the Undisputed Era for me, which was one of the intriguing reasons why I was watching. I just look at Viking Raiders and AOP and say, if I'm the Street Profits, I don't want any part of that. I don't need these minute squashes with people that I've never heard of before that don't amount to anything. Like it's fine to squash people for a couple of months if it's going to turn to something. And maybe it is if Heyman's got any kind of control on Raw. Maybe something could happen. But generally, you're better off in NXT than you are on the main roster. Even when NXT's a little bit on a downswing, I would say now, compared to where they were maybe a year ago, just for varying reasons. I don't think it has anything to do with the level of talent or anything to that degree. Although there's some depth issues in a couple of the divisions that I think you could point to. And that's mainly because Vince just keeps calling all the people up and then which would be perfectly adequate and okay i mean it is except for the fact that he doesn't do anything with them once he gets them right i think it was brian alvarez who i guess talked to a source within nxt and they were talking about this show and how nxt basically 
Because Full Sail wasn't available for a couple of days that they wanted to do tapings, and they had to move the last takeover from San Jose to Connecticut to facilitate WWE doing another show in Saudi Arabia, it sort of threw a lot of what NXT had planned you know, up into flux. Um, they had to tape six episodes of television at once. Uh, the plan was last night you were going to get a blow-off to a Kyrie Sane Io Shirai feud, but Kyrie Sane got called up to be put into a tag team that doesn't get put on television at all. Um, so instead, Candice LeRae had to step into that role, and I thought Candice LeRae did a great job last night. We'll talk about that match. That was, but, that was probably my – of what I saw, like I said, I sort of was zoning in and out on a couple of those matches. That was the most enjoyable thing I saw on that show. Yeah, I enjoyed that tremendously. I know we'll get into it when we break down the card. I, I will go out on a limb and say that that was the best WWE women's match of the year to this point. Oh, I would definitely agree with that. I don't know that there's that much competition. Right. You know, I yeah. mean, Becky's been with Lacey Evans for months. I didn't think the triple threat at Mania was anything particularly good, yeah. special, especially with the way the finish played out. I thought Becky and Asuka was good at the Royal Rumble. That finish was nonsensical when you look back on it. Rumble wasn't anything particularly. No, I, I think that's clearly the best women's match I've seen on a WWE brand this year. I'm glad you two said it first because I was thinking that watching that last night and I thought – if I, I if I show up tomorrow morning and say that, am I going to get laughed at or ridiculed no, or no, run out of the Lord room? No. And 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 to that point as well. Look, we we saw the, the storytelling in that match. We we got the psychology of that match. We don't need you telling us that she has the same heart as her husband Johnny Gargano. Well, it seemed we like kinda, she was being booked we, like him in terms kinda, of kicking out of everything. Yes, I was like, yes. wait a second. I've <laughs> seen this before. It's like I, the Spider-Man meme is popping up on in my brain. I yep. texted with a friend of mine last night during the show. I was like, clearly she's been taking notes of Johnny's yes. takeover matches. This is, this is Candace wrestling that we saw last night. I was very impressed with EO. I mean, I already have been, but just the heel persona of EO and the... That theme song's a jam, by the way. That'll probably be our new intro. The rage and the speed with which she executes stuff makes it look brutal and it really works for her as a heel because there's a very kind of unfeeling nature to what she's doing i think i saw you tweeted out or i know somebody from our account tweeted out one of you two guys that once Shayna finally gets out of the way you needs to wreck shop for yeah. a while yeah and i don't know how that that how that happens because the way you're building both of them, you're not going to have Io Shirai take the title off of Shayna Baszler. You're just not going to do that. Um, you know, if we want to go ahead and get into Shayna now, I thought that was the worst Shayna takeover match that we've had. And I don't know. That may have to do with her dance partner as ex well. Exactly. Um, I put this out on Twitter last night, right before the match. I was like, oh, I seriously hope I'm wrong, but I don't have a lot of faith in this one. Um, when I went to Pittsburgh earlier this year and, and me and my wife and a couple of friends went to an NXT show in Pittsburgh, on that card was Shayna Baszler and Mia Yim, and that match sucked. Now, last night wasn't as bad as that thing, but I still didn't think it was very good. Um, I just, Mia Yim's not really somebody that I could necessarily accept or seriously take seriously as a challenge to Shayna Baszler. I know they tried to sort of punch it up by having Mia Yim attack the other two horsewomen 
you know, in the locker room or at their car and sort of take them out so it was an even one-on-one fight. But at the end of the day, I just don't think Mia Yim is on Shayna's level. Right. And you know exactly what kind of match you're going to get when you get a Shayna Baszler match. It's been happening for two years now as she's been on top of this division. I just thought last night was the worst iteration of that Shayna Baszler match that we've gotten to this point. I would agree. I mean, Yim just, there hadn't been enough time to build her to make her matter enough to make me think she ever had a prayer. And so when I'm watching that, I'm just waiting for the choke. Just like, let's get to the choke. I know Shayna's going to sell for a while. It's going to look like she's in peril. She can sell very effectively. But inevitably, this thing's going to go exactly the way we think it's going to go. And it did. And that's fine. I mean, I think they've done well with the Baszler character. I've grown a little bit. I want to see something new out of that, and I don't know where that's going to be. I don't know if this, this is just going to be rinse, repeat until the end of time. Well, I mean, there's nobody on the on in the women's roster, and you mentioned earlier in this segment that the, there's a lot of depth issues in a couple of spots in NXT. Like, there's no one on this roster that can take the championship off of Shayna right now. Like, there's just full stop. There's not. I mean, Io Shirai is really, literally the only other woman that they've built. Now, that being said, I do think there's there's an appetite for a second match with Bianca Belair. Now, Bianca Belair, who's not really been on television a ton recently, she obviously wasn't on TakeOver last night, but I think if you were to put a bit of muscle behind her, you can heat her up pretty quickly. And I thought if last night was the worst version of the Shayna Baszler match, her first match with Bianca Belair may have been the best very version good. of a Shayna match. Yeah, it was It was definitely very good. We'll take our first break. When we come back, we'll talk about the triple threat, and we'll talk about the main event from TakeOver before we shift gears and discuss SummerSlam, which... I'm not even going to tease it. I'm just going to say the idea that this is as big a show as it is and Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan don't have matches on this show but are going to obviously get involved into something is one of the dumbest things imaginable. It's it's unfathomably stupid because it's impossible to believe. We'll be right back. Squared Circle Radio on 104.5 The Zone. Welcome back. It's Squared Circle Radio here on 104.5 The Zone. Just Shana's music, in case you haven't heard it. I Brandon, actually really like this music. Yeah, I do too. Brandon Hagney, David Reed, Jason Martin. This is sort of a new version of it, it sounds like. It I don't like the, it a little uh, bit. the robotic horse or whatever sound effect at the beginning of the music. The need to mix some horsemen in, like old style. Bongo walks down the ramp. Yes. So the triple threat Velveteen retained. And in the main event, Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano came off the top of the cage together and where there was just a strategically placed platform at the top of this cage. Yeah, all right. It's real nice. Let's unpack this a little bit. In the pre show, right before the show goes on the air, William Regal, a very serious looking William Regal. They have like a very tight close-up of William Regal backstage. So where you could not even see like there's where he is. And he just starts talking about this, whatever the third stipulation in the 
two out of three falls match is going to be. And let's be real. That third fall was Ambrose's asylum. Like you could, Monsters ball match. You could try to throw all kinds of adjectives at it, call it, you know, sadistic structure. As yeah, that at was one point real, Morrow said real, last he he was losing his voice because he was screaming Mamma Mia every ten seconds yeah, all night long. Morrow was a bit much at points last night. And that dude is the best in the business, but God, he can go over the top. But like this this stipulation, as much as it turned out to be fine. Like I was calling it Death Cage on Twitter last night because it was just it was just over the top, man. Like it's just this cartoonish uh, stipulation. Also, why would the commissioner of NXT like want to do that to two of his? He's basically saying like, go kill each like, other. This has to end tonight. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you like what. And the funny thing is, like as soon as he announces it, WWE uh, cuts to this like picture of the of the structure with like smoke coming out and there's like, it's dark and there's like a red lighting around it just to sort of make it, you know, a sinister structure. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure in that picture, there was an ax attached to the cage. Like there was like a woodcutter's ax attached to the cage. And I was really hoping that that was going to make an appearance last night. The final fall is a uh, lum- lumberjack competition. Yeah, it's not a match. The first person to lose a limb walks out as NXT champion. I thought the opening of the show was kind of weird, like just cutting back and forth to cameras in the arena, showing the high, the, yeah, the open on the screen. Right. Yeah, they just showed this like video package from a crowd's perspective yeah. instead of just showing it on the screen. Maybe that's just too much next level for me. And this, this Slipknot song that was the theme song for this NXT show is trash. Like least <laughs> you could have. I mean, you, you yeah, didn't. Yeah, I didn't no. need any of the stuff no, in the in no. the in the uh, comma there about like that it opened the show. All you needed to say was this Slipknot song. Like leave you knock the rest of that out and just go straight to is trash and you're good. Leave Slipknot in 2001 where they belong. Like I don't need a Slipknot song. Did they belong in 2001? Album. Like I. When when was their heyday, quote unquote? Did Slipknot ever have a heyday? I know. I know it's not 2019. I know the lead singer just did an interview about their political activism and masks. I read that, and I was just like, "Cool." Yeah, I don't need. I don't need like political music from Slipknot. Quite frankly, I don't need any music from Slipknot. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Like when you said their heyday. When was their heyday? I'm going to look this up. I don't know. There's someone out there who works at Hot Topic who could tell us that. I mean, look. If you like, like no, not, who worked, in, who worked at Hot Topic in 2001 <laughs> as a high schooler, and they're now like 40. If you're a big mark for Slipknot, good for you. I'm, we're not. You know what? Yeah, we are. We're clowning you. But I will stage. say this. You're, you're better than a Juggalo. Well, I mean, their yeah. first album was Fun Dumpster. 2001. Or no. Wait a minute. They were nominated for their first Grammy in 2001. Wow. Way. They were nominated for a Grammy? Well, I mean, best ah. metal performance. Apparently, that's a Grammy. Yeah. I bet oh. they don't show that on television. <laughs> Not anymore. They probably did back when, like, Metallica and... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, their first album was 1999, so I think 2001 can be, can be considered their heyday. That was vintage Slipknot yeah. in 2001. Slipknot with, like, a apron DDT. 
That was them at that point in time. Draping DDT. No Way Out 2001, if you want a deep dive, we used to do our whatever the heck it used to be called. Top Rope Throwback. Top Rope Throwback. No Way Out, I think it was 2001. This is immediately what comes to mind the with Kendall that match. match. No, that was Unforgiven 1999. You were in I was that. there. This was called Three, Three Stages, Stages of, Hell? of Hell with Triple H and Stone Cold Steve Austin. And it was very, very good. And it had a very, very similar finish to what we saw last night from Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano. Although uh, Steve and Trips didn't come off the top of that cage together to end it. But they still, I mean, they took some risks in that match. And they had, a, I mean, that, that thing was crazy. But it was well done. Look, these two guys have great chemistry. They're very good. I'm sitting there watching the first fall. And... Here come all the kickouts. I wasn't mad about it. I was a little fatigued by it. But, I mean, at this point, if you don't come in anticipating or expecting it, then you're just being naive. Right. That's what you were going to get. And they execute everything so well, and they hit a bunch of fun moves. And they went out there and put on a show. So good for them. I don't know that I'll ever be as high on that feud as many others out there. But I love both of those guys. And I wonder what the heck is next for, or for both of them, actually. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of the time when we come in here after takeovers and we talk about takeovers, instead of talking about like the quality of the show, we end up spending a lot of time talking about the implications of what happened at the show because that's just, I, I feel like that's what you do with NXT because like, it, is this person losing mean they're getting called up? Like that's kind of just the nature of what NXT is, and. So we got a lot of questions about that on Twitter last night, and Gargano has nothing left to do in NXT. No, nothing. But he's going to get not used well in the main roster. But exactly at his size, Vince will. Where I mean, did, they where, had him before? Well, he was going to be a, in a tag Chompa. team, and right. then Champa got hurt. Like I would have liked to have seen that tag team on the main roster because I do think that those two. I like hope their, so. their future on the main roster is as a tag. Team. At this point, I just see small guy Vince ain't going to use him right. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. Adam Cole's a main eventer on the main roster. If anybody had a brain, dude can talk like crazy. That's that like baby tour thing he was doing with the title. And I mean, he's going to Gargano's and Cleveland. That absolutely. Pizza place. Just, just phenomenal. And he's a great worker. Has a pretty good look, has an unbelievably easy catchphrase that the whole world gets behind the first time they hear it. Oh, he has two. Well, yeah. like in that entrance he's alone, he's got boom. Now he's got boom. Yeah, you know, with the thumb point that everyone goes nuts for, and then that goes right into Adam Cole Bebe, which is the most over chant in wrestling. Yeah, I mean it's absurd. Like it's more over than yes was a few years ago. I mean, you could if you just let him be him for three to six months, he'd be more over than ninety five percent of the guys that we're going to see tonight at SummerSlam. Like that, as long as he wouldn't get ruined, but. I ain't got no faith in that. No, I, I just don't see. I just don't see Gargano on the main roster outside of a tag team. I just, I just don't. Two hundred five live or two hundred five? No, well, right. I'd rather him stay see, exactly where I mean. he is and go to two hundred five live. If there's no future of him and Champa as a tag team, I think there. If he ever got called up, he would go to two hundred five live as a way for them to think that they can revitalize that brand and bring some excitement to that brand. Where again, Adam Cole on the other hand, is a main event guy. He is. Main event guy that needs to do some bicep curls. Let's be honest. I had that I had that real realization last night as he was making his interest. I'm like, 
like he's he's smallish. Yeah. But like he would look a he's lot thin. he would look a lot better if like you just like draw up like a six week program where he does nothing but lifts weights with his arms. Like if he had, had more defined arms, he would be Montez Ford could use a little weight as well. Montez Ford has sort of an odd build. He is, yes. Montez Ford needs like pectoral. Yeah, something work. yeah. It's hard to buy his clo- him clotheslining anyone and then falling to the ground for me. When we come back, we'll translate and transfer. I like how we are the three body guys over here, <laughs> especially me anything. and David. I didn't say anything. I just, <laughs> I just said hey, Montez could, Ford has an odd body style. If I clothesline someone, <laughs> me, me it's not and, beyond the realm of possibility they actually fall to the mat. Me and David are like the two 40-year-old <laughs> dudes who were like ripped in high school but are now like fat. <laughs> just telling you how to do <laughs> Like there's an old Kevin James joke. Hey, he do this, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> he had, he had this special back in the early 2000s that I was a big fan of. It was called Sweat the Small Stuff. And one of the jokes is, "Have you ever taken weight loss advice from someone fatter than you?" Like that's what David and I just did over the last five minutes. When we come back, <laughs> me especially because David's lost weight, I have not. Ten matches on the SummerSlam card. That might actually be the card with some added segments and things like that. We'll break down what happened on TV this week, including could anybody look like a bigger loser right now than Seth Rollins? Could anybody look dumber than Seth Rollins? Could anybody act worse than Seth Rollins trying to sell that? I don't even know what that was when he was trying to lurch to the ring when he showed up on Monday night. Like Mick Foley, probably five seconds after the I Quit match with The Rock, still could walk better than Seth Rollins was trying to sell his walk. And he's supposed to be okay tonight after all of that. But we'll talk about it. And we'll talk about everything else happening on that card as well. Be right back. Squared Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. Street Profits. If you haven't heard the song, if you haven't watched NXT, and you've just seen them with red solo cups in the back, I um, I would consider. I know they sell them. I would consider buying a Street Profits branded red solo cup. Hmm. I do think that they sell them at the shop. Really? Yeah. Is it just a solo cup, or is it like no, a plastic? I mean, it's like a plastic reusable. Yeah. Solo cup. Yeah. I think I'm gonna buy one. Do it in break. All right. We'll come back and update you as to whether or not Brandon is the proud owner of a new Street Profit Solo Cup. I'm not good with money. You should bring that to the wedding. I think we're gonna have solo cups at the wedding. At least for part of it. Like you could roll around can, with a soul profit. Can like, I walk around with like a crown on? David, you and I are in the wedding. We're gonna wear like Montez Ford's crown and have red solo cups at Jason's wedding. So we're going to Burger King after. I don't really want to start. I don't yeah. really want to start my marriage having to apologize to Abby for your. No, you might as well get. You're, you're going to apologize for something yeah. pretty yeah. early. Yeah. So you might as well get it out of the way. So go ahead, do it right now. Actually, so go point. ahead. And... Very fair point. So if you're wondering why Alistair Black and Sami Zayn's not happening tonight, because it happened on Tuesday. But why did it happen on Tuesday? Well, it happened on Tuesday because for the third straight week, Vince scrapped SmackDown a couple of hours before it started. And after he rewrote everything that he didn't like, he realized he was 50 minutes light. 
And so he's like, oh, we just do Sami Zayn and Aleister Black and forgot about the fact that he had written last week that that was going to be a SummerSlam challenge. And so they went ahead and blew that off on TV. Just in case you were wondering what the story was behind that, that's the story behind we that. We talked, like, in the first segment, we were talking about the difficulties of NXT and how NXT had to change up their stuff and they had to film six episodes in advance. NXT is working a month, four to six weeks in advance. WWE at this point is not even working four to six hours that's right. in advance. I wonder what Vince would do if he had to. And this is another thing that might become a thing because one of the news stories of the week is NXT going to FS1 potentially on a new expanded deal that would be a two-hour show to do what? Compete directly with AEW on Wednesday night. I hope that means that they're going to get paid more. Here's what it means. And I saw Meltzer write this, and I already knew this. Vince and Kevin Dunn immediately start writing NXT. And take control over NXT because it's a war. And Vince won't trust anybody else to do it, so he'll take complete control over NXT. So, at that point, you can go ahead and start putting out your tombstone gifts of NXT 2011 to 2019. Because the minute that that happens, they're done. They're done. He didn't know anything about these people. This is just What in the world would he do with the people in NXT if he can't get it right with the main roster? It's too soon. It's too early in the morning to be like depressed, man. Well, like, here's, here's a question that I have right here. Who owns the controlling portion of the WWE? Could there are there enough stockholders that own a, a high no. enough percentage? He no. still has a majority no. ownership. Not according to a quick search that I did on Google. He only owns forty eight percent of the company. Well, like Stephanie, it's split amongst the like, yeah, Stephanie owns a piece. Linda I still just, probably has her piece. If you if you put together all of the McMahon family members, they're probably still around. I just it's just so depressing to think that this man still has this much power over this product. If he takes over NXT, I mean, there's like there there's no oasis in the desert. Get out of the way. Well, the thing about it is, I mean, yeah, the oasis in the desert took a good analogy, but can you imagine like the people that are angry on a Monday and Tuesday? You imagine taking NXT from them? Imagine the vitriol from the internet community. Not that that's something that you need to necessarily play to, but it'll be ugly if that goes down. Because I'm looking at this 10-match card, guys, for SummerSlam, and I'm seeing a lot of stuff that was not built very well for a card this big. I'm seeing one match that I felt like was built extremely well for this show. That was Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar. Nah. That was Kofi and Randy Orton, which should main event this show tonight, but probably will not. Before we move on from this, if they were to move NXT to FS1 on Wednesday night, that would be the best thing that happened to AEW if Vince McMahon gets his hands on NXT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be the mm-hmm. best thing that could happen to them. Yes. I mean, you're right. There's, there's not no further analysis needed. That's exactly right. And if Kevin Dunn's with NXT... Just kill me now. But you think about it. Kofi and Orton's been built well, and they haven't been in the same room on TV together in weeks because Randy's been on vacation, and so they've done these videos. The video with Orton two weeks ago was tremendous. Best thing I've seen on TV all month. And then Kofi's response this week was very good also. The history there, I'm really excited for that match. I really want it to be great. 
I know Randy and Kofi hang out and they're boys and they've been great friends, even dating that far back to the incident that happened. Randy, I think if there's ever a match where he wants to help somebody out, this is that match. I don't know that he cares about his own legacy or whether or not people find the match boring or not. It'll be good because he doesn't have bad matches. He just has like uninspired performances. I have been wrong and predicted that he is going to be inspired to face AJ or face somebody else. So I don't really want to say that here. I'm sure the last I'm just, time Randy Orton was quote unquote inspired. I'm just hopeful that this one, because Kofi hasn't really had a great match since he's won the championship. He had the great match against Daniel Bryan to win the title at Mania. Since then, he's had a lot of. I think he's had pretty good matches. I'm not saying he's had bad. Think... I'm not saying he's had bad matches. I'm saying he has yeah. not had like the main event championship right. level matches. Okay, yeah, I can see that, but like nothing that he's done since being becoming champion, I think, has been bad. No, it hasn't been bad. It's, it's all just been kind like, of been there. You know, he hasn't had a lot of like four star matches. They've all been sort of. And he's been working mid carters. Yeah, that's true. Like he hasn't had an actual, unless I mean Kevin Owens. Yeah, had okay. money in the bank. All right, so you can go with Owens, like the one guy. Yeah, but I mean Owens was also mired mid card for a while. Now he's starting to elevate past that. But I mean he worked Ziggler on a couple of different shows. Basically, he worked Joe. Just Unfortunately, Ziggler Joe here. is a mid carder, but Joe is a mid carder. Like we we. Basically, that, basically, we're just throwing the blame at Dolph Ziggler. I said this. Because he worked Dolph Ziggler like 16 times. I said this during the last break. I need Goldberg to beat Dolph Ziggler tonight in 30 seconds without any of his signature move. <laughs> I want to see a squash with like the most basic move. Like no, no jackhammer, no spear. no spear, no leg hold thing, no super kick, nothing. Like the bell rings, Goldberg yells, if that's not too trademarked. Hits a back elbow, one, two, three. Dolph gets carried out by multiple officials. Like Dolph runs in straight into a knee and then does like 14 backflips like he's like he's Shawn Michaels against Hulk Hogan at SummerSlam and, and then gets pinned. Like Dolph Ziggler has been on Twitter all week basically talking about, yeah, you guys rail against part-timers, but now you want Goldberg to get his redemption from the match at, at, at Saudi Arabia, which is not – a bad tactic, but it's a bad tactic coming from Dolph <laughs> Ziggler. Like, there's a reason why WWE is putting Goldberg against Dolph Ziggler. Also, like, the SummerSlam has been the home in the past of, like, the Lions Den matches for Ken Shamrock. Like, back in the day, in, like, 98, 99, they would give, like, a match that made sense for, for Shamrock to have or for somebody to have. I feel like this match should have taken place on, like, the stage at the Improv. Like Toronto underground comedy layer or whatever like that. Again, I don't want to see Goldberg. Goldberg doesn't need trademark moves to beat Dolph Ziggler. Goldberg, the bell needs to ring, and Goldberg needs to like just, and Ziggler just falls down, and it looks like the finger the finger point of doom. But Goldberg doesn't actually lay a hand on him and beats him one two three. Ziggler's the wrong one to be making that argument. Yeah, I mean, there's an argument to be had there. Somebody could make that argument and make it effective. Maybe we are in the minority here. Maybe there is still a majority of WWE fans who support Dolph Ziggler as if this was 2012. Yeah, I don't think so. Dolph Ziggler as some sort of guy that's being held down by the man. 
Nah. But this version of Dolph Ziggler, 2019 Dolph Ziggler, quite frankly, 2017 Dolph Ziggler, 2018 Dolph Ziggler, is exhausting. <laughs> like, I am... I, I don't think I've ever been more tired of a professional wrestler than I am of Dolph Ziggler right now. I I still like him, watching him work in the ring most times, but he still comes across as community theater. Problem is watching him work in the ring doesn't work for me because I know he's going to lose like every single time, so I don't buy into anything he's doing. So he's going over Goldberg tonight is what you're saying. Oh. I don't know. He's on the gender scale for me right now. I'd rather rather watch gender. No, the other gender. I was trying to figure out where he fit on that scale. I would rather watch gender. He does wear man bun. Like, I would rather watch. At least you watch a couple Singh brothers get decimated. I would rather watch just Jinder Mahal's six-month reign of terror where he held the WWE championship. There was a Punjabi prison match during that run. Give me that Punjabi prison match with the great Kali making an appearance for the first time in five years and then immediately going away for another five years. Give me that moment over any Dolph Ziggler moment from the last two years. We'll predict SummerSlam coming up. What's going to happen? What should happen? All that coming up. Squared Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Adam Cole, the best pro wrestler on the planet. And you're listening to the best wrestling talk anywhere. This is Squared Circle Radio on 104.5 The Zone. Shock the system. Final segment of the program. Congratulations to NXT champion Adam Cole, who speaks the truth to open this final segment. Brandon Hagney's at Hag Haney. David Reed's at David Reed Radio. I'm at Jmart Zone. We're at Zone Wrestling. We'll have some fun live tweeting SummerSlam tonight. Last week, like we had this real impromptu, hey, does everybody want to come over and watch SummerSlam moment? And by everybody, it was just the two of us in the room because David wasn't here. I think I volunteered myself to come over to Jason's apartment. That's a that's an opening <laughs> for you to exploit there, Dave. Should you choose to, I mean, you know, I could show you how to throw a pitch properly and get it over the plate instead of short hopping it like you did. Did not short hop it. I mean, yours wasn't great. I'm not. I'm like, just not, kidding. Of course it wasn't. The whole, the whole George all W. I, no, Bush uh, after 9/11 just throwing one straight. Actually, down the what I what I forgot to do was like when I was practicing and everything, I was kicking my leg. And, like, I guess during the moment, I forgot to. So it looked even more awkward. But it got there. But all I wanted was to do. No. All I wanted to do. All I wanted to do was just have it be forgotten. Yeah. I mean, you didn't want to, like, 50 cent it. It, Yeah. I didn't want to Cincinnati mayor it or anything. So, whatever. It was fine. But, yeah. SummerSlam is an open party this evening. So... Not an open party to the listeners. Do not show up. <laughs> Do not try to find out where I live. <laughs> Drew Gulak or uh, Oni Lorkin for the Cruiserweight Championship will be a wrestling match. Who? Oni Lorkin. He was the. He had a he had a tag team with Danny Birch and NXT. They were in the NXT Tag Team Championship four way match just mm-hmm. a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. They're good. I mean, Oni Lorkin's good. Gulak's good. Not not in my memory at all. <laughs> Please tell me this is a pre-show. 
Uh, I mean, it's gonna I, be. Yeah, I would. I would. I'd say that's probably a good bet. It'll be on at four o'clock. Trish Stratus and Charlotte Flair wasn't great. I'm not. I'm like, just not, kidding. Of course it wasn't. The whole, the whole George all, W. No, Bush uh, after 9/11 just throwing one straight. Actually, down the what I what I forgot to do was like when I was practicing and everything, I was kicking my leg, and like I guess during the moment I forgot to, so it looked even more awkward. But it got there. But Were all I like wanted Dontrell was to Willis? do no. All Dontrell I wanted Willis to do kick? all I wanted to do was just have it be forgotten. Yeah, I mean, you didn't want to like 50 cent it. it yeah, I didn't want to Cincinnati mayor it. Or anything. So, whatever. It was fine. But, yeah. SummerSlam is an open party this evening. So, not an open party to the listeners. Do not show up. <laughs> Do not try to find out where I live. <laughs> Drew Gulak, or, uh, Oni Lorcan for the Cruiserweight Championship will be a wrestling match. Who? Oni Lorcan. He was the... He had a... He had a tag team with Danny Burch and NXT. They were in the NXT Tag Team Championship four-way match just mm-hmm. a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. They're good. I mean, Odie Lorcan's good. Gulak's good. Not not in my memory at all. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me this is a pre-show. Uh, I mean, it's going to be I'd say that's probably a good bet. It'll be on at 4 o'clock. Trish Stratus and Charlotte Flair. You want to talk about two people who don't have chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they had a, a dueling promo on SmackDown on Tuesday, and I think that was the first time those two people have ever met. And they were in the same ring together the night before. <laughs> like, I just, <sighs> Why in the world? You want to talk about something that irritated me? I know she didn't do anything. Why in the world is Trish on Raw on Monday in a tag match? In the I whole w- point of having Trish to not show her yes, so yes. that she's an attraction yes. tonight? And I was mad about it when I first saw the graphic and the match first started, I would like to, like, listen, it's a terrible idea for for her to be in that tag match anyways. I would like to commend WWE on their restraint to have that go to a DQ finish before she ever even tagged in. I mean, I agree with that part. If she had tagged in, I lost my mind. Exactly. Goldberg and Dolph Ziggler? Not in the way that WWE hopes that you would have lost your mind. No. Dolph calling people pathetic marks for supporting Goldberg? Pathetic mark number one right again, here behind this microphone. Again, there's an argument to be had there. Like, he's making a good argument. It's also Dolph Ziggler making but the argument. The, and he, the words that are coming out of his mouth through this whole thing have been great. They've been good. But it's coming out of his mouth, and they're overacted and overemphasized, and it's terrible. A lot, of overacted. a lot of them are screamed. It's not good at all. Goldberg's going to win. If he doesn't, it's a disaster. <laughs> if it I'm is, walking out. it doesn't, Jason Riot. Yes. Just Jason. <laughs> yeah, just me. <laughs> One just, man Riot. AJ Styles and Ricochet, can we please give these guys 20 minutes? Because everything we've done with them to this point has been, here's 11 minutes on pay-per-view, or here is four minutes on Raw, or here's a two out of three falls match where the first falls 30 seconds, and then we turn it into this. Just let these guys go. Ricochet is having trouble right now because he can't talk. He can't cut promos. They need to go have the kind of match that AJ Styles and Ricochet could have in another company. Don't make it formulaic. Just let these two guys go out there and have a match. By the way, last night, uh, Ricochet got the sort of stand-up and wave to the crowd moment at the TakeOver show. Also, a guy who got that stand up and wave at the Oh, that didn't work out real Austin well. Austin Theory. Yeah, that didn't work out real who well. Who is the uh, Evolve champion. 
and it, it sounded like this. <laughs> that. that. That last three seconds of silence, radio silence, that's exactly the reaction that Austin Theory got last night. Bray Wyatt's going to beat Finn Balor tonight. And Finn's going to go away. And Finn's going to go away. I hope that they do something pretty dastardly afterwards. I hope that they really put him out. Well, this is going to be a TV 14 show for the first time in 11 years. SummerSlam or or, or WWE event period is going to be TV 14. So, The Bray Wyatt thing right now for me, it's not a flop, but it's very life support-ish because it still feels like exactly the same Bray Wyatt. I really want to see this be good. I'm hoping it will be. KO and Shane will be fun. Kevin Owens looked like an idiot on Tuesday as well. What if Shane trying to get wins? Shane to give up his career after the fact? If Shane wins, what if Shane just wins? What if Shane goes into business for himself and wins? He's booked to lose, but he goes over. I mean, you and think then you then, then then Kevin Owens like, then Kevin issue. Owens gives him a high five, and then he's on AEW in a couple of months. Do you think Shane McMahon going into business for himself means he's actually going to win? Have That's only going to result in him getting injured. That's a fair point. KO will win. It'll be fine. Kofi and Orton. I don't. I still don't see Orton winning. I see this being the moment to try and give an established superstar win for Kofi. Kind of a more marquee win. I think it should be really good, and I hope it is. At this point, I don't know who's been built enough to take that championship off of Kofi. Like you were able to get this feud as hot as it has been because of the history. It's right. not because you've built Orton to be this great challenger. Basically, all the work that you've done with uh, Randy Orton over the last 15 years is what's been able to make this match uh, so hot and so anticipated. The two women's title matches, Bailey and Ember, should be good. Should be. Becky and Natty. Should probably not be good. It'll be fine. Natty's fine. I don't she, know if there's... She, you think either one of those two titles changes hands? I could see Ember Natty maybe, maybe no. winning. I don't know if like someone costs Becky. I don't think Natty should win that straight up. Um, I don't. Maybe Ronda Rousey comes back and, and yeah, I fear that that Natalia is going to win. Uh, Man, they have really botched Becky something fierce, and then Brock and Seth in the main event. This seems Speaking built of for Seth to win clean. Oh, dude, fierce. we didn't even really get to it. Nobody has looked like a bigger joke. Than Seth Rollins. Seth so Rollins, he's going to win way, clean tonight. Looks weird with dry hair. <laughs> Does look. That's. Well, you're all about appearance you're on right. this show. Uh, Seth, I think, wins tonight. Could be wrong. It is Brock. We'll live tweet it at Zone Wrestling. We'll see you tonight.